Hey there, Kelly here. Guests on the show share so many great ideas, but how do you start putting them into practice? Well, that's exactly what you'll explore when you sign up for the podcast weekly newsletter. Each week, you'll get three ideas from past guests sent straight to your inbox. You'll explore materials, techniques, tools, concepts, and mindsets in bite-sized pieces so that you can think about them and fold them into your own practice. It's completely free and you get it by signing up at learntopaintpodcast.com slash newsletter. You know that if you want to get good at painting, you need to put in the brush miles. But okay, cool. How exactly do you do that? There seem to be as many ways to learn to paint as there are artists. Hello and welcome to the Learn to Paint podcast, the show that gives you the tools and techniques, concepts and mindsets you need to design your own artistic path. I'm your host, Kelly Ann Powers, and today you're going to discover three ways you can structure your studio time to help you get better at painting. For links to artists mentioned in today's show, head to learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 55. While you're there, learn more about the Podcast Art Club on Patreon. In the Art Club, you get early access to new episodes, plus you can listen to patron-only extended cut bonus conversations, all while supporting the show. Head to patreon.com slash learn to paint podcast to learn more. All right, here we go. Let's imagine how you spend your painting time. It might look like this. You come into your space, and great work for getting in there, and ask yourself, what do I feel like doing today? You look around for something that inspires you. Maybe you flip through your phone to see if you want to paint any pictures there, or you go buy flowers and then come back so you have something to paint. Maybe you start a painting but it's not going anywhere, so you start a different one and then abandon it all for some experiments with paint. And actually, if I'm describing your process and you love it and you're painting regularly and you're not frustrated, you don't need to change a thing. You have an inspiration art practice and it's a great way to work if it's working for you. If it's not broken, don't fix it. But what if it's not working for you? Not working might look like this. You find yourself exhausted before you even begin. The idea of going into the studio seems like an insurmountable task. You also might feel like you aren't finishing anything even if you get into the studio, or you aren't seeing the kind of skill improvement you want to be. If any of that sounds familiar, it might be time to try something new. And you've heard me use these two terms, inspiration-based art practice and habit-based art practice. What do I mean by these and why does it matter? What does it have to do with any of this? When you're first getting started, you work when you feel like it, when you're inspired, when you see something and it just calls to be painted. That's an inspiration-based art practice. And part of that extends into your space. You walk into your space and ask, what do I feel like painting today? What is inspiring me to paint today? That's using your inspiration to guide you. And again, I'm not saying never do that. Habit-based artists still use inspiration. And more importantly, if it's working for you, don't mess with it. But if you don't feel like it's working for you, there's a reason. And it's that this approach, this inspiration-based approach, takes a lot of energy. More energy than any of us realize. Your brain uses about 20% of your total calories burned. That's because thinking and choosing and yes, running the liver takes a lot of energy. When you walk in each and every day and ask yourself, what do I feel like doing today? You are putting a very big decision and a lot of energy between you and your work. 
A habit-based art practice is what every guest on the show has. Their practice is based in habit. They decide when they are going to paint, and then they get to work whether they feel like it or not. They paint when it's time to paint, and that extends to before they step into their studios. And before they step into their studios, they already have a plan about what they're going to do when they get there. They have a structure, and by choosing a few things ahead of time and then committing to something for a stretch of time, they have taken a bunch of those decisions off the table, and they use that energy to get to work. And so can you. And that's what we're looking at today. Three ways to structure your studio time as part of a habit-based art practice. So structure number one, finish a painting each and every painting session. This practice is called daily painting, and it means you start and finish a painting each and every day. You can look at artists like Lisa Daria Kennedy, episode 14, Debbie Miller, episode 15, and upcoming guest Brian Miller, all as great examples of daily painters. Now, maybe you're not in a situation where you can paint each and every day. So whether you show up each day or three times a week, if you want to try this approach, your goal would be to start and then finish a painting in one painting session. The important and maybe hardest part of this is to scale your painting to your allotted time. We all have ideas about what a real painting looks like. That may be a size or level of complexity but be realistic with yourself about what you have time to do and then celebrate that. If you have three hours, you paint a three hour painting, but if you only have 20 minutes, your painting will be very different and let it be. There's no shame in doing a 20 minute painting in 20 minutes. That's just awesome. Where daily painting is powerful is that it really encourages the iterative learning process. You are learning by doing it over and over and over again. There is freedom in knowing that you'll just be doing another painting tomorrow. And part of that freedom is that you become less precious about any one day's painting, which then frees you up to try new things. Because you suddenly aren't worried about ruining this one painting. Who cares if you ruin this painting? You painted yesterday and you'll paint tomorrow. It also just feels really good to have finished a painting. If you are someone who really struggles with calling something finished, try daily painting. The painting is finished when you run out of time. You don't go back. Challenge yourself to truly be finished when the time is up that day. That can feel very scary for the first few, but then you learn that, oh, maybe you really are finished. Maybe what you were doing is overworking a painting and then calling it finished. Daily painting is also powerful because it really forces you to create systems and really all daily studio efforts do. But finishing a painting each and every day helps you see the power of systems. Most daily painters work on the same size and shape of surface for every painting. They use the same palette of colors, same brushes. They have a system for where they keep inspiration like reference photos. By asking yourself to finish a painting each and every day, you become very efficient in making decisions ahead of time so that you can get quickly to the business of finishing that painting. Now, that may feel like it's going to really limit you at first. You might feel yourself saying, I don't want to be constrained by only working on one size and shape of canvas. And that's totally fair. But before you decide it's not for you, I'd encourage you to try it. Because you might be incredibly surprised at how truly freeing working this way is. I know I absolutely was. And this is the comment I get most by longtime listeners. They say, I can't believe how liberating setting some constraints were for my art practice. So at least try it for 20 days. At the end of it, at worst, you know it's not for you. And at best, you may have opened a door to a life-changing process. 
Now, daily painting doesn't work for all styles. Daily painting as a structure is much less conducive if you want to create work that's larger or more detailed or highly realistic. That's okay. You've got other great options for structuring your studio time. Also, daily painting doesn't allow for a ton of planning, which can be a pro or a con depending on your studio goals. As you develop your skills, you'll be able to move through some of those preliminary steps quicker. But in the beginning, you might find that doing things like thumbnails and color studies slow you down too much for daily painting. Again, it depends on how much time you have to give it each day. So here's how you might structure your studio session for daily painting. First, figure out how much time you'll have each session to finish a painting. All your later decisions and expectations stem from that. Again, if you only have 20 minutes a day, you can do a lot. You'll need to structure it for that 20 minutes so that you can get the most out of it. Next, decide what size and shape you plan to work on each day. Maybe that's an 8x8 gessoed canvas. Maybe it's 4x5-inch watercolor paper. Daily painters generally work pretty small, so if you find yourself wanting to paint something much bigger than 8x10 or 8x8, try it out a few times and make sure those larger sizes fit with your time availability. Remember, you are creating a system and expectations that are based on how much time you have. Not that you wish you had, or not that you think, quote, real painters have, but how much time you actually have in your life right now. Then, prep a bunch of those services so that they are ready to go. Next, decide where you'll find your references. Are you working from life? Are these images you'll find through a hashtag challenge? Spend an hour making sure you have an inspiration reservoir you can pull from. So get all of your tools and materials in one easily accessible place. Then when it's time to do your daily painting, you can walk into your space, find a photo that sparks interest, crop it to the ratio of a square or a rectangle you're using, grid it out on the board, draw it out on the board, then work dark to light to build up your painting done. The process above is basically how Debbie Miller does it. And if you've never tried a daily painting, write out a simple process and then try it 20 days in a row with that process. See what works and what doesn't, and then adjust. At first, this will all feel quite chaotic. It'll take time for you to get the rhythm and find your patterns. Often you think you've aligned your expectations in the reality of the time you have, and then you realize, oh no, I totally didn't. And then you adjust. That's all part of it. Try it out for 20 days and then see how you feel. Now, if at the end of those 20 days, you find that this way of working makes you anxious because it doesn't seem to fit with your style goals or that need to finish something in such a short amount of time stresses you out, or you feel like you don't have enough time to create a good plan, then if you realize this isn't for you for any reason, great work. That's great knowledge to have. Let's see what you have for other options. The second way to structure your studio time is to work through a single painting front to back over multiple sessions until it's done, including all the preliminary studies. A la prima oil painting and acrylic work great for daily painting, and so does the wet into wet watercolor style. But if your process or style needs a bit more time, or if you want to spend more time in the planning stages, Working through a single painting over multiple sessions is a great way to do that. Watercolorist Chris Krupinski, episode 2, and oil painter Todd M. Casey, episode 24, both work this way. And if you look at their work, you'll notice they are both very realistic painters. They also both work quite large. 
Without the time stress of needing to finish a single painting each day, you are giving yourself more time to walk through all the steps that a painting requires. Now, I still highly recommend doing the prep work from daily painting. Know what you paint on and have them gessoed or cut to size. Have a well-stocked inspiration reservoir, whether that be actual photos or you know where to get them. For example, the Facebook group reference photos for landscape painters and hashtag challenges like plant paint challenge on Instagram are both great inspiration reservoirs. So let's look at a way you could approach this. Maybe you walk into your space and on day one, you find which reference sparks and you do some sketching. Day two, you do thumbnails and a value plan. Day three, you do a painting in black and white and gray. Day four, you mix your colors and day five and on, you paint and finish the full painting. And that's a slightly varied version of how oil painter Sarah Sedwick, episode 22, does it. What's great about working through a single painting start to finish over multiple sessions is that it still gives you a structure. You know that when you walk in to start your session, you're doing this one thing. And when you leave, you know what you'll be doing tomorrow. This structure also gives you time to explore all those different preparatory pieces without feeling rushed. Your drawing needs to be right, no problem. Take the time you need to grid it out and get it on your paper. Having trouble finding a good balance of lights and darks? No hurry. Do a few more value thumbnail studies and feel solid about your plan before continuing the next day. Not all painters enjoy working fast. Just because that's what you see on Instagram doesn't mean it's the only way to work. It's okay to paint slowly. And if you really hate being rushed while you're painting, that's really important information to know about yourself. Also, if the work you want to do is bigger or more complex, you may need more time than you have in just one sitting. Painting is tiring work. If you feel yourself getting tired, take a break and then come back to it when you have more energy. Sometimes that will take more than a single day, and that's absolutely okay. No one is keeping track of your time but you. Depending on how you work, you may work through one finished painting from front to back, or you may have several going at once. You'll find this true in Watercolor's Dean Mitchell Studio and also Sandra Duran Wilson Mixed Media Studio. Both of these artists aren't trying to finish a painting in a single session. They aren't daily painters. They are working front to back on their paintings, but they're doing that across several at once. There are parts of a painting process that are sometimes a little more boring. So working across more than one allows you to switch things up without abandoning a painting at those boring parts. Or just sometimes you need a glaze to dry and it's still studio time. Go work on that next painting. Structure number three, studies and experiments. We often have this idea that the most important thing we do with our time is to finish paintings. And you can learn a lot by working through finished paintings. But artists also spend a lot of time working on studies and doing experiments. In the extended conversation with Bernard Delario, episode 54, available on Patreon, he talks about the importance of studies in his work and gives examples of how he sets those up. Studies can be incredibly useful if you are getting hung up on a specific thing. Maybe in watercolor, you realize you don't actually know how to physically do some of the washes you hear are important. So you spend some time really focused on practicing flat washes and graded washes. Or maybe like me, you have started landscape painting and realize, man, trees, those guys are complicated. So you spend a few weeks really practicing drawing and painting trees. So depending on how much time you have, studies can be in addition to one of these other structures or the structure you're focused on. 
And with the studies, you are doing targeted focus so that you can head back into your finished paintings with stronger skill sets. The final reason I think it's really useful to have studies and experiments in your back pocket is because sometimes life is hard and you don't always have the energy to show up and do all the decision making that is painting. But instead of abandoning your studio until you've overcome life burnout, studies and experiments offer a great thing to do while you recover. Give yourself permission to go into your space, turn on some fantastic audiobook or music you love, and just see what three random colors do when you use them together. Meet yourself where you are, and sometimes you just need to see how colors mix on paper with no expectations of some amazing, frameable result. If you're looking for a list of ideas for studies and experiments, check out the show notes at learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 55 for a link to 20 ideas for 20 minutes of art practice. There's some great studies and experiments in that list. Choose one or two and commit to it for a set amount of time. You'll be amazed at how much you can improve with a little laser-focused practice. So if you're at the point in this and wonder, wait, I don't really know which of these structures is right for me, how do I decide? The answer is try them out. If you already have a consistent art practice and a dedicated working time, then it's more about shifting your focus to try one of these for some set amount of time. I always encourage 20 days. If you don't have a consistent art practice, select one of them and try it by setting up your own 20 for 20 art challenge. Choose one structure, prep your materials, and then commit to showing up for 20 minutes a day for 20 days to audition a structure to see how it feels, to see if it's a good fit for you and what you want to make. Remember, you can paint longer if you want to. But if you're new to a habit-based art practice, I highly encourage you to design your study and set your expectations around that 20 minutes, especially if you've struggled with a daily art practice in the past. Make the painting small, prep your materials, fill that inspiration reservoir with photos, have systems. In my own art practice, I generally work through a single painting front to back over the course of a few days. And I love working that way. I've also tried daily painting and may try it again for a daily challenge. And then when I find that I would really benefit from specific and focused work like trees, I set up a 20-day challenge for myself around just focusing on that specific something, which is what I did a few weeks ago with trees. I learned so, so much that I can then pull back into working on landscape paintings as a whole. But I generally don't switch between this and that each and every painting session. You can switch back and forth, and you'll still learn a lot as long as you're showing up consistently. But there is a type of knowledge that builds when you do something many days in a row. You start to learn the things that somehow get lost when you're switching back and forth, back and forth. Also, switching back and forth between things sometimes is a sign that you're avoiding something. So just make sure it isn't that either. There is real benefit in trying one of these approaches for a set amount of time. That doesn't mean forever. Even something like setting up your own 20 for 20 challenge around trying one of these approaches will teach you a ton. So let me know which structures you've tried and how you like them. Why have you leaned toward one over another? I would love to hear your experiences at learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 55. Thank you for joining me this week on the podcast. 
Head to Learn to Paint podcast slash podcast slash episode 55 for a list of artists mentioned in today's show. A big thank you to everyone supporting the show through the Podcast Art Club on Patreon. You've got new extended cut bonus conversations available to you now. Go check them out in the Art Club. An extra shiny thank you to High Gloss supporters, Andrew Atterbury, Debbie and Brian Miller, Rihanna DeRold, Janet Wheeler, Nancy Bryant, Catherine Ordway, Pam Lyle, and Victoria Young. Learn more about how to support the show, all while getting to submit guest questions and having access to patron-only episodes at patreon.com slash learn to paint podcast. Happy painting!